Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from, people that I admire, and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I'm excited that you are here. Come on in, take a seat. You are welcome here in this online space. Oh golly, you know, back in March, uh, I don't know if you're aware or not, but there's actually a day set aside in the month of March every year that is observed for women. And it's I think it's called the International Women's Day or International Day of the Woman. It's something that is observed every year. And I, I've heard even that the entire month is set aside for that. I'm not really sure about the month thing, but I do know that there is a specific day set aside in observance for women. And as you know, much as I love just speaking into the lives of women and encouraging them, in the month of March, I was up to my eyeballs <laughs> preparing for the She Rises Women's Conference, which was in the beginning of April. And so I missed my quote-unquote official window to celebrate and encourage just womanhood and all of the women. But you know what? We may be in May, but we can celebrate and and encourage just womanhood and celebrate each and every woman, no matter what month of the year it is, right? I mean, we don't have to just wait for March of next year to roll around before we can celebrate womanhood. So I'm going to break the official rules, I guess, and I just want to celebrate you this week in whatever it is that you are doing. And I just believe that you are making a difference in this world and um, that I really believe that the world is truly a better place because you are in it. And you might feel like, well, nobody really knows me. Nobody really knows my name. I you know, don't really have a large group of people around me. I kind of feel more like a wallflower. I just want you to know that you are making a difference. And irregardless of how big your circle might be around you, uh, you know, whatever it is that you are doing in the world, you are making a difference. And it, you know, it's not about It's not about how big the ripple is, how big of a wave we are making in the world. We're not measuring those types of things, but you are a light bearer. You are an image bearer and making a difference in the lives of other people just simply by showing up every single day in your life. And so thank you. 
Thank you for being you. Thank you for showing up. And in case no one has told you lately, uh, you are making a difference and you do matter. Your life matters. And so thank you. Thank you for making the better the world a better place. You know, I want to go back to scripture. And uh, I think that it's really interesting that you know, Jesus just really modeled uh, how how to appreciate and value women really, really well. And I think that he is the best, greatest leader that we could ever learn from, that we could ever, you know, just kind of dive into his example and how he modeled pretty much anything, really. But um, as we're going to talk about this week, how he viewed women. And, you know, for me personally, This has been an area for me that, you know, I'm in my 18th year of active ministry and from time to time I, you know, get some resistance from people. It's just a part of living in the world. We're never going to get away from that. But instead of trying to, you know, run around and make sure that we are you know, liked and and loved and cheered on uh, by all of the people, you know, trying to run around and be all the things to all the people, you know, instead of worrying about being a people pleaser, you know what, I'm going to instead learn how to navigate with God's help through any kind of criticism or any kind of resistance or pushback that I may have um, as, as my role in any kind of female leadership. And and so, yeah, it's come, um, you know, my way uh, through, you know, different forms of communication. And is it hard? Yeah, sometimes it's hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It, sometimes it's hard. And uh, because, you know, words, they are, they are really, really important. And, you know, I've said before that words are cheap. It's how you use them that will cost you. And so it's really important to be careful in how we are communicating and what words we're using, even if we have to give some, you know, just some constructive feedback or maybe even share a different perspective or we have an opinion about something. It isn't that we we can't share those things. It's how we do it. That's that's the that's the thing right there, I think. Because do I expect everybody to applaud me and agree with me? No, I don't. I think that that is an unrealistic expectation. And really, I mean, that just sets me up for disappointment, right? But instead, it's, you know, how can I... How can I understand and how can I appreciate their viewpoint? Um, Is this something that I need to respond to or is this something that I can, you know, appreciate? Thank you for reaching out and sharing those comments with me. Thank you for sharing your perspective with me. But, you know, I think that we just have to learn how to just pick our battles. Uh, is this something that needs my attention or is this something that I can I can read and just kind of set set aside and only you and God can determine those things uh, because it's different for every single person. For me personally, as being a woman in leadership, a couple of the things that have, that have just really proven to be kind of hard for me to get through in my 18 years of active ministry is, (laughs) believe it or not, I've actually had people say to me that they're just offended that I'm a female. Yes, you heard me right. I mean, who says that, right? 
I, you know, like I had a choice in, in being a woman. I don't know. Like I didn't have any, I didn't have any, any, any choice in that. I didn't have any, I didn't get to raise my hand and share my opinion in being a female. <laughs> I, I just didn't. God, God determined that. And so I don't know, you know, if somebody has a problem with me being a, a woman, I guess that's a conversation that they need to have with God, not me. <laughs> right? And so when I hear those types of things, I just kind of, yeah, whatever. Those are the types of things that I just don't even respond to. And then they're is this other one that has um, just really been probably the biggest resistance that I have heard uh, in the last 18 years of active ministry is when I am a female and then when they hear that I'm also a pastor and in their minds when they combine those two things in their minds and in their viewpoint they feel like that is an unbiblical combination. They really believe that um, women are not allowed to teach women, or I'm sorry, to teach men, that uh, you can, you know, you can teach a, a Sunday school class, um, you know, children's Sunday school class. You can lead a women's study. You can teach a women's class in your home or even at church. But you cannot teach a co-ed class with adult men and adult women because it's not biblical. And oftentimes, their two biggest points of reference in the Bible is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and 1 Timothy chapter 2, where the Apostle Paul says that women um, should not teach men and that they need to be quiet, that they need to be submissive. And I'm paraphrasing here, but that is really essentially what those two passages of Scripture are, are communicating. Well, here's the thing with that. And this goes for anything that we are studying in the Word of God. Not just for this topic that we're talking about this, this week, but for any topic in the Word of God. Any scripture that we are, that we are looking up. There's something called hermeneutics. It's a kind of a really big, fancy word. I, I mean, I had, it was a class that I had to take when I was being credentialed as a pastor. And in all honesty, I don't even know that I could spell it right. <laughs> but anyway, there's something called hermeneutics. And what hermeneutics is, is it teaches you how to appropriately study the Word of God and fulfill what Scripture tells us to do, and that is to study to show yourself approved, that you may rightly divide the Word of God. Well, in, in the study of, of hermeneutics, what you do is when you see a passage of Scripture, you read it in the context in which you are reading that one Scripture. In other words, you read what the author is is communicating in the you know the verses leading up to that that scripture and then the verses after that scripture so you know kind of reading like the whole chapter uh, and then another part of hermeneutics is understanding number one who is the author and who are they writing this letter to and what is it that they're trying to communicate and why are they trying to communicate this in other words why did the author feel that it was necessary 
for this to be communicated what was going on. And so Paul, in in his motivation in communicating these two passages of scripture, he was addressing a problem that um, he was made aware of that was taking place in the early church. And it was this, that women, they were asking questions and they were being a little disruptive within the the services. And Paul was saying, listen, it's there's nothing wrong with, with you, you know, asking questions or wanting to better understand something, but don't do that in the middle of the service. Don't don't be disruptive. Be respectful. Be submissive to those that are in leadership over you. Um, you know, ask those questions of your husband. Invite him to help you to better understand. If we were going to pull those scriptures out and build a doctrine upon just those two scriptures, we are we are not fully understanding what he was trying to communicate in those passages of scripture. It's just not, um, it's not biblical. It is not healthy to pull any one scripture out of the Bible and build a doctrine on that. It's just not a good study of the word of God. It's not rightly dividing the word of God when, when we do that. And here's the thing. Scripture always confirms scripture. Always. It always confirms scripture. And the Holy Spirit will never lead us to to something that is unbiblical and that cannot be fully 100% supported in scripture. You know, in other passages of the Bible that that Paul wrote, he wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament, but he champions women, and he actually has women in uh, in significant roles of leadership within his ministry. And so when, when people take out those two passages of Scripture that I cited from 1 Corinthians and 1 Timothy, and then you know, build an argument based on the just those two scriptures without reading the entire context. It can't be fully supported in Paul's other teachings and in his other writings because over here we see that he fully supported women, that he had them in strategic um, roles of leadership within his ministry. So really then it's it begins to be confusing. So was he supportive of women or wasn't he? Was he, was he, you know, supportive of women being in key roles of ministry or wasn't he? Could they be in leadership or couldn't they? And so see what, what happens there just creates a lot of questions and a lot of confusion. And so we need to be people that, you know, that really are able to rightly divide the word of God. As the Bible says, that is what we are called to do, to study, to show ourselves approved, that we may rightly divide the word of God. So this week, I want to go right back to the word of God in this celebration and valuing women and look at Jesus and how he viewed women. Uh, you know he is he is the 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 authority it, it begins and ends with Jesus right and and so if we're really going to be able to you know rightly divide the word of god as it relates to where is a woman's role let's go back to scripture so i have several examples that i want to give to you this week and 
it's most definitely not an exhaustive list, but they are really a great place for you to start. Um, number one, do we see Jesus advocated for women? And this is this can be found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, verses 6 through 13. And this is the story of the woman with the alabaster jar, when she just extravagantly poured it out upon Jesus and the people in the room were, you know, just were really kind of coming against her and who does she think she is and she should not be doing this. And Jesus advocated for her. He stood up for her and and defended her. Such a such a great example of Jesus advocating and defending women. We see that Jesus included women in his own ministry. If you look at Luke's gospel, chapter 8, verses 1 through 3, just those three verses, it reads that Jesus was bringing his disciples along with him on his journey, but it also says that women were included with those disciples in Jesus's earthly ministry. And so, you know, I think that when we look at just those three verses, you know, he's saying, um, you know what, the future isn't just isn't just men. The future isn't just women. The future is both of us. The future is together. It's not just a man's world. It's not just a woman's world. It's a it's our world. And and if we're going to have the the greatest impact possible in the world for the kingdom of God, it's going to take both of us. It's going to take both men and women working together. And it just within these three passages of scripture, we see Jesus looking at these women and saying, you know what? These 12 disciples, they have something really special on the inside of them. They have a lot of potential, but so do these women. And I want to include them in my ministry and what I'm trying to do in the world. Number three, we see that Jesus seen women. Jesus seen women. In Luke's gospel, chapter 8, verses 43, through 48. This is the the uh, story of the woman with the issue of blood. I mean, she had been suffering like this for 12 long years and, you know, had to go through the community announcing that she was unclean. You know, certainly people overlooked her and dismissed her, you know, just disregarded her, you know, kind of set her off onto the side. Definitely people did not see her in in the regard of valuing her, that she was someone of worth and value and that she was a human being. Jesus seen her. You know, if you're familiar with the passage of this story of this incredible healing that Jesus uh, performed in her life, you know, we see this woman she reaches in and she touches the hem of his garment and Jesus is on his way somewhere. I mean, he was he was on his way somewhere because he he was being called somewhere and he had, you know, all of all of his disciples and just other people that were following him and so you know, outwardly, people would have thought Jesus is too busy. He's on his way somewhere. And you are, you're just, you know, not someone that, that can take up the master's time. He is busy. And most definitely, he is too busy for someone like you. But you know what? When we read this passage of scripture from Luke's gospel, we see that, you know what? Jesus recognized he was on his way somewhere. And the 
the home um, and the need being represented in the place that that he was walking to was was just as as important as stopping to recognize and to see and add value to this woman. He stopped. He stopped and he looked around and he said, someone has touched me. And he just, he recognized this woman. And so uh, I just want to encourage you today that he sees you, that you are a woman that is fully seen by Jesus himself. Number four, we see Jesus honoring women in Luke's gospel, chapter 10 verses 38 through 42. This is the story of Mary and Martha. And, you know, so many times we hear uh, messages given, we read blogs, and maybe even, you know, women's Bible studies or, or what have you that really address choice that Mary made in sitting at the feet of Jesus, and rightfully so, absolutely. I mean, I myself have have talked about and pointed to that great choice that Mary made. But let us not forget that in this passage of Scripture, we see Jesus also giving honor and showing honor to Martha. Number one being that that he recognized that in Martha's questioning of, you know, can you tell Mary to come and help me in the kitchen? You know, he gave place by honoring Martha in all of her questions. He didn't just dismiss her questions. He didn't chastise her um, or condemn her for having the questions. Did he challenge her her mindset? Yeah, he did, but he did it in a way that was still honoring of her. He didn't, you know, he didn't diminish her and make her to feel small because he was able to go beyond just the words that um, were coming out of her mouth. He was able to hear the heart of Martha because Martha, scripture really kind of hints toward that she was the older of the siblings and therefore it was her home that Jesus and his disciples were being um, served at. And so he was recognizing that Martha was wanting to be hospitable, that, that Martha felt the weight of responsibility as as really the one that was the hostess with the mostess here. And, and so I really want to point out that, yes, Jesus honored Mary. Absolutely. We, we are not denying that. But let us not also look over the fact that he also honored Martha. He also valued women in Luke's gospel, chapter 13, verses 10 through 17. This is this is the woman that had been crippled uh, for 18 years. Wow. I mean, for 18 years being bent over as, you know, as a crippled woman. Uh, and, you know, I think that even in our society, people that have some kind of a some kind of a physical handicap, they're kind of looked at as less than, aren't they? They don't have what other people might bring to the table. They are oftentimes seen as less valuable, that they don't have as much to offer. But, you know, even in in where this passage of scripture took place, I have to believe that that was even in biblical setting as well. That people outwardly looked at this woman who was in this condition, crippled, bent over for 18 years as, you know, just kind of 
someone that really was less than someone just you know really kind of looked looked over and just sort of dismissed in in society and yet when Jesus reached out to her and touched her and healed her he added value to this woman that had a physical handicap we see in John's gospel chapter 4 verses 6 through 29 that Jesus taught women uh, this is the story of the woman at the well and wow what an incredible story in scripture and I even like to um, point out that not only did Jesus take the time to teach this woman, he taught her with patience. I mean, here we have this woman who was a Samaritan and he was a Jew. And in that, in that biblical setting, in that time in which the story took place, that just didn't happen. Jews did not communicate and uh, and just, you know, hang out and spend time with Samaritans. And so rightfully so, she had a lot of questions. Why are you talking to me? Because Jews don't do that. And, and who are you? And why are you here? And really, what is your angle here? And so even in her questioning, Jesus was very patient with her. And, you know, again, going beyond just the words that he was hearing coming out of her mouth, he was hearing her heart and he patiently taught her truth. And, you know, if you are familiar with this, with this passage of scripture, it was life-changing for her and so life-changing for her that she went back to her community and she told other people, man, so, so powerful. And the last one that I want to point out to you is Jesus heard women that Jesus heard women and this is in John's gospel chapter 19 verses 25 through 27 this is a passage of scripture where Jesus is hanging on the cross and I wanted to make sure that I included this example in scripture because even though Mary really isn't verbally communicating a lot to Jesus hanging on the cross Jesus heard her heart and it was important for me to include this example because how many of you would agree that sometimes in life it's really difficult to communicate what's going on in our hearts, right? Sometimes we just really find it difficult to really come up with the right words to, to really just effectively communicate what's going on within us and how we're feeling and how this situation is making me feel or what they said or what they didn't say or what they didn't do or just just life i mean it doesn't have to do with anybody else it's just we're just struggling on the inside and and we see that that mary his mother is standing at the cross and seeing jesus her son i mean she carried she carried him for 9 months and she helped raise him so can you even just imagine all of the thoughts and all of the feelings that she was having at that moment not only as a as a mom but also as I mean, Jesus was also her savior. Let us let's not let's not forget that that yes, Mary was his his mother in the natural sense, but I mean, she was also his disciple. She learned from him. She was his disciple, she was his mom, she was learning from him, she was watching his teachings and and seeing him perform miracles and healings. Jesus 
was also her savior. I mean, let's not forget that. And so all of the things that she must have been feeling within her heart and Jesus looking down at her from, you know, hanging up at the on the cross, not looking down on her as in, you know, that she wasn't valuable, but looking down upon her because he was way up on a cross, recognized and could hear her heart. And he says to her that John will now take care of her, that John will come alongside her and that he will he will make sure that she is well taken care of. And so, I mean, that just had to have brought so much peace and so much comfort to Mary's heart. You know, I think that for me, like I said earlier, for me personally, I think that over the years when when people have made comments to me in you know that that I can't be doing what I'm doing and that you know that certainly God could not call me to be teaching in in the way that he has allowed me to be teaching because they base their their perspective and their understanding on those two passages of scripture that I said in the beginning of this episode and so I remember back in the beginning of my ministry that I I really didn't know how to respond to that and because I needed to really grow in this area of of just my life and and my understanding of how God calls us and that you know where God places a woman is exactly where he wants her to be and so I just recognized you know early on in my ministry that man I was so bound in people pleasing and really wanting to make sure that everybody approved of me and everybody everybody was for me and everybody understood that no 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 like like God placed me here and this is what God told me to do and man can I just encourage you that wherever it is that God has placed you whatever it is that he has called you to do on the earth from time to time you and I we're going to be misunderstood it just is a part of it we can't get away from it and so in Christ, in His power, and in His ability, we can grow. Um, we can grow in this area. That yeah, from time to time, we're going to be misunderstood. But I don't have to let that hold me back. Uh, if you are not, if you're not aware, back um, last fall of of 2020, I wrote and my third book was was released in out into the world. It's called Her Heart Is Free. And uh, I wanted to read a portion of a chapter that I wrote on the topic of people-pleasing. And in this chapter, I actually address this very thing. And so I just wanted to read just a little snippet to you. God made me female on purpose. I am no accident. When people send me emails or slide into Facebook Messenger to share their viewpoint on being a female and that I should not be in ministry, let alone a pastor, I have to let that go. I remind myself I am serving and living for an audience of one. And as far as it being disrespectful of Tim, the last I checked, he seems to be doing just fine. He is confident in his skin and role in our home. That confidence allows his wife to follow what the Lord has called her to do. Make no mistake that the Lord doesn't just plop someone on a stage to minister his word 
without first having gone through some refining. I did not go from teaching a small Sunday school class for kindergartners to a stage teaching adult men and women. I had to win private victories before he would release me further in ministry. Every victory I have is from a battle I had to fight privately. I had to attend the School of the Holy Spirit and was required to take prunology. In other words, a lot of time pruning things that weren't bearing godly fruit, where I had to learn to press into him and do a lot of heart work. It is in that course of that refinement took place. Self and my flesh were crucified. Pretty much anything that would make me comfortable had to go because I want, he wanted me to trust and rely upon him and have an even greater attentiveness to his voice. So I no longer need the approval of others before I accept an invitation to speak, write books, launch a podcast, or serve in any capacity, because I understand it isn't people that have called me, but the Lord. And it is not the approval of those people that gives me the confidence I need, but the approval that I already have from him. Do I ever need a reminder? Oh, yes. Do I ever get tripped up now and then and pause to ask what they will think before offering the Lord an obedient yes? Oh, yes. But I am not responsible for someone else's response. And I would say that to you as well. So that was just a little snippet in in my book. But, you know, as I'm wrapping this week's episode up, I I would just say that to you as well, that, you know what, we are going to be misunderstood in this life. And the sooner we we can grow in that area, the faster you and I are going to be able to rise up and fulfill whatever it is that God has placed us on the earth to do. And I don't know, maybe that is some freedom for your heart. Maybe those are the words that you needed to hear this week, that you're not responsible for other people's response. You're just not. You and I, we are responsible to give God an obedient yes and follow him wherever he leads us and to do what he has called us to do, leave the results up to him and be free from other people's response to us. You know, when we get caught up and we get trapped in man's approval of us and we just feel like, man, but they don't understand and and I just want to help them. I just want to help them understand that that I don't think it's all about me and and I, you know, I'm I'm nervous too and and I just want them to understand me and when we get caught up in all of that, listen, the world is going to miss out on what you are carrying. It's not up to you to try to convince people. It's not up to you. God hasn't called you to do that. He's called you to be obedient to him. And he has given you something on the inside of you that this world needs. And what you do with it is your gift back to him. It's your gift back to him. And based on the examples that I shared earlier, along with others that you can find in scripture, you already have permission from Jesus to be everything that you were created to be. You have permission to walk in it. You have permission to dream and create 
with God, your creator, the creator of you, the one who designed you and placed you on the earth for a reason. You have permission to accept your seat at the table that he has invited you to. Remember, you and I, you know what? We're going to come to the end of our lives, and one day you and I are going to stand before our Creator. We're going to stand before God. And I don't know about you, but, you know, the older I get, the more I am just, I just feel so just even more grounded in in the truth that and I just feel so just so convinced and bolstered in my faith that when I get to the end of my life and I stand before God I want to be able to say I did everything that you called me to do that I lived for you that I loved other people really well that I cared for people really well. But God, I lived for you, that I lived for you. Listen, you and I, you and I, we're going to have some critics in our lives. We're going to have people who misunderstand us. We're going to have people in our lives that that don't understand and offer, you know, different perspectives and have opinions that are different from us. But you know what, my friend? When we get to heaven, we're going to give an account to God. We're not going to give an account to, to people. We're not going to give an account to, to mankind. It's going to be to God. And I don't know about you, but I want to be able to, to say, I followed you. I was obedient to you. And, and yes, again, like I just said, I loved people well. I cared for them really well. But God, I lived for you. I lived for you. Well, hey, I hope that this was encouraging to you. I hope that those examples that I gave to you in Jesus's earthly ministry were insightful to you. I pray that they spurred you on and bolstered you in your faith and really kind of helped maybe just set you free in some areas, you know, to rise up and and take the take the position that God has placed you in and to lead with boldness, to lead with confidence, to lead in the way that God has called you to lead, whatever that looks like for you, in whatever sphere of influence that he has given to you. You matter, your life matters, and you are fully seen, you are fully heard, you are fully known by God, your creator. And you have permission to to walk in how he has created you and to walk in the place that he has positioned you and given to you. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I believe in you. I'm believing for you. I hope that you have a great rest of your week. Take care and I will catch you next week. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. 
Have a fabulous week, and I will connect with you right back here next week.